welcome to Elgamer the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and today I'm joined with uh, Kai Jordan. How you doing, Kai? I've been doing okay. Just, uh, you know, just it's been, uh, it's uh, as we're recording this, it's definitely been uh, a week uh, in terms of like just processing and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, just doing my usual thing, uh, just like working on stuff and auditioning and trying to draw stuff like that. Um, first question is uh, the obvious one, but like, how did you get started? Okay, so uh, this one's a bit. Uh, let's see here. I'd say that, like, to – in terms of, like, how I got started, I'd say, like, I started off, like, just like any other kid. Like, I had a, a fascination with, like, animation and cartoons and stuff like that, and that fascination never really went away. And I I uh, found out about voiceover when um, I learned who Tom Kenny was. And also, like, when I learned who Patrick Horburton was because of, uh, you know, the, the Buzz Lightyear cartoon that was on Toon Disney at the time. And uh, <clears throat> so then years later, I uh, started doing, like, I got an interest in, like, you know, doing, like, plays and stuff like that. Specifically, like, I never, like, I auditioned for plays, at, like, in my elementary school, but I never got it. But uh, later on, I... Uh, I did play around, I did do, like, occasional, I did play, I got a microphone and played around with that and made some, like, silly videos with my friends online. Like, uh, we did some, like, little things here and there that you won't be, that unfortunately you won't be able to see because they're not on there anymore. But, uh, uh, that was my, uh, first sample of, like, just, like, playing around with, like, making videos and just making voices with my friends and stuff like that. And then eventually, like, I took a, I took a drama class in high school. And it was, like, for Greece, and I played a character named Sonny. And that, and that was my first time, like, doing, like, acting, like, trying to give it a go, like, memorizing lines and all that stuff. Granted, we had to hold, uh, we had to, we had to hold microphones the entire time while we were performing, so that was a little awkward. But it was still, fu- and, but people, uh, gave me compliments and said I was pretty good. And that kind of gave me the confidence to at least, like, alright, maybe we could give this a try. And then, eventually, uh, later down the line, we even had some, like, uh, voice actors that I that I had invited over to uh, the charter school I went to at the time to uh, present and give their uh, basically a, a career day of sorts. Like we had Kira and Chris Neosi come over for that day, um, and then uh, and and like they gave some like really solid advice for what to do and all that stuff. And then and then uh, sometime later when I uh, started going to college and started working a part time job, I saved up enough money to start taking workshops and. Uh, as I continued to take workshops, I started to understand, like, you know, how to read copy and how important cold reading was, and and uh, I just continued to uh, understand my craft a bit more. Eventually, I uh, I got I got my uh, eventually like over time I um I pr- I, I got an I got a new demo produced, uh, and I was able to uh, sign with an agent, and then uh, it was pretty quiet for a bit, but then. Uh, with a little help from my, with thanks to uh, s- some help from a few friends and uh, some inspiration and uh, mentoring from a talented voice actor named Devin Mack, as well as uh, Bill Butts, I was able to uh, get some opportunities. Like I, I stumbled upon a few opportunities because my name was being passed around and stuff like that. And eventually, I had the opportunity to audition for Pokemon Twilight Wings. That just ended up in my email out of nowhere, and. Uh, I read it was an audition for uh for uh you know the, for uh, the characters uh Alistair and Leon and I booked Leon and well you know just uh, the, the rest is history really so I just just kept doing networking and uh I, to this day I'm still uh just I'm still I'm still rather uh underground as far as like uh stuff goes like that but you know I'm still finding my way just uh journeying around journeying Cross this uh, ocean we call voiceover. And um, I, I want to stress this out. Uh, one of the things I think a lot of people don't really talk about when it comes to the business, but I feel is really important is networking. Because, mm-hmm. you know, doing this show for as long as I have, I learned that, you know, ne- networking is a is a huge part part of it. Because, you know, if you, especially if you're, you know, just starting out and you want to get your name out there, you know, it doesn't hurt to, you know, network and, yes. you know, who knows, like, like you said, one day you could get 
and you know an audition for something like Pokemon on you know because you know your name was passed around because someone yeah. was like hey you know I know this guy maybe he can maybe he can do it it's like okay let's see what 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 he's got exactly yeah networking is a very valuable tool in this business like it it really like it is just like making friends basically people within your social circles who you know understand like what you do and want to like encourage or and like you know you could because it, it can go a long way because it really is like you do have to take that first step and it can be nerve-wracking just because frustratingly they don't teach you this in school when they should do that because socializing is a big part of you know life and careers and stuff like that aside from acting but you know but yeah it is it is very important like find people who have your common interests and definitely definitely just like like just work together in any way you can that's why you that's why you see filmmakers do movies with their friends so often well yeah because it's much easier to work with someone you already know than it is with someone you don't know mm-hmm. and um and and that can be both a good and bad thing i mean it's good because you know you're working with someone who you know you already know is you know whom you already know like you know mm-hmm. what they're capable of you know what what style that they're capable of uh, bringing to the table. But it's also bad because, you know, you're not letting new talent in. And I feel like that was the problem for for years when it came to voiceover because you just heard the same four or five people in everything. And I mentioned this before in previous episodes, but, like, it's weird going back and watching anything from the 2000s and, and just not getting frustrated because, like, it's the same... Two or three people in everything. <laughs> Did you see the uh, cartoon cipher video on that topic by chance? Um, no, I'm pretty sure. But um, which one was that one again? It was uh, a video called uh, "Why Why Studios Use the Same Twelve Actors," and it gives a very detailed reason as to why. Like the basically, like to paraphrase what they said. Um, again, uh, this is going off of my memory, but what I remember is that in that episode the reason why is because like anime doesn't pay very well during that time and um it is a very difficult skill and uh like you know just they had to work within their budget like there's like it's and they had a time frame and stuff like that so it's that's kind of the reason why that stuff happens that's why you off that's why like with dragon ball z you often heard chris sabbat in a lot of roles and stuff like that or they did they did try their best though so that's that's something i can't really fault but I, I will agree with you, though, that, like, there is, like, you know, and, uh, like, there is, like, you know, the occasion where sometimes new talent isn't, like, brought in and, uh, or at least given opportunities, you know, but, uh, you know, it's just, we're, and, but again, I, I don't think I'm the right person to be talking about it because there are actors who, uh, know more about the subject in that regard. Like, definitely, like, if you ever have any actors like, uh, like Tiana Camacho or Bill Butts, like, they could go into more detail about that than I can. No, I remember when I had um, Morgan Garrett on, like she flat out said, like, you know, if you ask me why this person was cast in something, it's like, oh, no, because he was friends with that person or he was dating, you know, she was dating that person or, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's how it worked. <laughs> right, right. Like straight up, like that's how it worked. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's. Like the Dragon Ball Z cast, you know, if you're a kid in if you were a kid in the '90s and you are, and you grew up with Toonami, that was the cast you knew, yeah. and you know, there's always like something so comforting, you know, hearing uh, 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 Sabat as um, as Vegeta and and all his other characters because it's like you know what he's capable of, mm-hmm. and you know, and and look, and back then as well. It you know it wasn't just the fact that anime just didn't pay much. It was, it was something that was totally new, for you know because dubbing now is totally different than it was you know back then because back then people didn't yeah. take it seriously. People were like oh, whatever, like whatever, who cares? It's like uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, Steve Bloom basically saying like the first anime he did they recorded it off like a, you know in a garage somewhere and it's like. <laughs> They didn't care. <laughs> oh boy, I, I've never heard Guyver, but I could imagine like how much reverb there must have been. 
Oh no, it's it sounds awful, and you know, looking back at it now, but it's, and I'm like, why does the sound, why does the sound mixing sound awful? And it's like, oh no, it was recorded in like a garage, mm. <laughs> like, and and funny story about that is that the only reason he got involved in Guyver to begin with was, you know, he was working in the mailroom at the time, mm. and they were looking for someone to do voices for the for a monster. And you know he was he was known as the guy with that deep, with the deep voice, and they're like, "Hey, yeah. Steve, can you do can you do a monster voice for us?" Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was like, as, as as they say, the rest is history. But um, it, it it is just so fascinating looking back at that period and how far we've come, because it mm-hmm. it makes me it makes me laugh whenever I see someone complain about English dubs now and I'm like, you know, have you guys watched English dubs back then? Cause, yeah. uh, difference is night and day. Yeah. Legit. Like when it comes to, when it comes to English dubs and, you know, speaking of English dubs, now that, um, simul dubs are a thing, do you think that's made it easier or harder for people to, you know, uh, get acquainted with the with the ins and outs of uh, anime dubbing. Uh, you know, I think it. Well, uh, oh, sorry. Is it like the? I th- I think it's like it's sort of both. Like in the sense of like, because I remember like when they were getting started with the thing. Like I remember like with the space dandy. Like the production was like apparently from what I've researched because I did a video on it a while back myself. That apparently like oh like it was like super stressful and stuff. Uh, mainly just because. Like, some actors had to come in sick, even when they, and, uh, there are a few other things regarding that, but they've, uh, but I'm sure that they've, um, they've gotten better over time, and they've learned to find ways to work with, you know, the, the high maintenance and schedule, um, but, uh, uh, in, in my experience, in my own personal experience, like, I think it really just, it's mainly just, like, you know, getting opportunities and stuff like that to actually do it, most of the time, to under, I mean, and also it does help that like nowadays we do have like workshops and stuff like that that teach the practice of dubbing, especially like uh, a few that teach from home. Uh, ever since you know the sickness started to really get get uh, out of hand, as we all know. Uh, but yeah, like just uh, you know, it, 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 does, does that answer the question at all? No, 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 no. It it it's totally understandable because. Um... Because a lot of people I I know or, or knew who are you know who got into the business like I remember back in like maybe 2017 I used to know someone who was just like mm. starting out and it and it was totally different back then it was totally different from what it is now because back then you know you you know they were going into to studios to audition or, and read for for stuff but now everything's done from home so yeah. it's either you know it's either get good now or don't bother, I guess. I don't know. Like it's it's uh Well I I'm sure it's like more so I, I like to think of it as like, you know, just you know, build up your confidence and try like, you know, just uh you know, perfect your craft and keep trying. Yeah, and and you know, when I, I I've had people who worked on various shows that were done, you know, with with uh done uh, via simul dubs and man it, it sounds it sounds really nightmarish because it's it's like you know you got to get this episode out in this amount of time so you got to get the script done you got to get like everything done in a short amount of time whereas before you know you I I've said this before previously but uh the reason dubs sound different now than they did, you know, years ago is because before you didn't hear an English dub until like two or two years after an anime came out because, uh, you know, they would save the the English dub for like when it came out on DVD. But now the DVDs aren't a thing anymore. Uh, simul dubs pretty much took over. And now you're starting to see... Uh, uh, you're starting to see uh, more and more um, people come come in and out, and you're starting to see the production quality pretty much. You know, basically they're speed running it, for lack though of to, a better term. Though to be fair, there are there is still like there is still like the physical media option. Like, I do miss like 
like you know some of the special features that some of them would have like like there's this show I uh voiced in, that I uh dubbed in not that long ago like last year called uh Talentless Nana where I played a character named Shinji and uh I was like, I was trying to look up, like, oh, hey, there was a Blu-ray release. Was there a commentary track? And they didn't put one on. I'm like, oh, man, I would have loved to hear what the scriptwriter said. But, oh, well, you know. But, I, but I'm sure, like, you know, some tracks still do commentary. Some still include stuff. But, it, you know, it, yeah, that, I, that's that's something. Oh, no, it's it's funny you mention a DVD, DVD commentaries because I remember um, the Soul Eater DVDs had, like, uh, commentary on them, and I would listen to those and... It's really interesting hearing the English cast talk about their performances, and I'm like, oh, mm. because I didn't know know much about the dubbing process back then, and because it was, this was like what 2012, so it's like, yeah. oh, this is interesting. <laughs> right, right. And um, but but no, I I, I do kind of miss physical media as well because um, man, I, I like still I'm looking at my my shelf and like looking at all the DVDs I've had over the years and it's kind of like ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, it's like it's it's it is convenient to like, you know, put like pop on the Funimation Now app when you can and just watch whatever it is or or verb or whatever you got. But it's like, you know, at some point like some some of those things may disconnect and it's like it 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 is better to it, at least with physical media if you have it, it it's it's you always have it until it breaks so <laughs> there's that advantage. Um, I think I have um, I think I have a DVD set of Helsing somewhere, <laughs> like mm-hmm. locked up in a storage box. <laughs> yeah, somewhere, and yeah. I, and I got oh yeah, I have like various re-releases of the Pantheon Stocking <laughs> DVD and Blu-ray combo. <laughs> Bought that more than once. I love that anime so much. I'm like, I, I'm buying this more than once. Yeah, <laughs> like that's amazing. Uh, um, no, uh, but I do. Um, but I do think. Um, you know, my next question is like, do you think that, um, with anime being more in demand now, do you think that we'll ever get? You know, uh, do you think uh, people will ever get fatigued of, out of it? You know, will no. there ever be people? Will, no. Will people... But... I mean, maybe with certain genres, maybe, but like anime itself, no. There, there, there will always be an interest in like the, the medium and the expression. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I mean, God, that was a kind of a weird question to ask, but but I, no, because I get it. no, because I see like so many new animes announced, and so many people are talking about you know whatever show is really popular right now, and I'm just wondering like, you know, will there ever come a point where we will get sick of it because it's just it's more in demand now than it was like years ago because you know you know simul dubs um everything's moving towards streaming and people want content faster and you know like everything's is on streaming now and i feel like it's it's harder for me to just keep up with everything i'm like oh, what show is this again because i was listening to something to, to a pod to a podcast yesterday and i'm like what show is this again that they're talking about? Let me look this up because I don't think I've ever heard of this. Oh, no, it's been on for like <laughs> you know, a couple of months and I, and I just never heard of it. And it's like, man, I, I need to keep up. I, I need to, to, you know, start, you know, uh, keeping up again. But yeah, like, yeah, to further end on to that, I like, yeah, no, I don't think there will be fatigue to anime necessarily because, again, like it's anime is not a genre. And like, there's multiple. There's there are genres within the medium. Sure, like I'm sure, like, like I think to example, I'm sure people are sick and tired of isekai. Like, there's a lot of people who don't like that particular genre of subgenre, but uh, you know, there's still a lot of interest in it. So, no, like, it's sort of like saying like, will people get sick of like, uh, of um, of <laughs> I don't know, cartoons or something like that, or get sick of of uh, live action stuff and like. No, like those things still make bank, and it's just. Uh, but yeah, if you want to be, if you were talking specifics of genres, and like, sure, there's genres within it that people may be getting sick of, um, but like that interest for the medium will always still be there. And um, out of all the shows that you've done, and out of all the roles that you've um, currently done, which one would you say was your most challenging? 
Uh, hold on a second. I need to pull up my phone just to make sure just to make sure I have this corrected. Just to make sure I have them all listed. I, I keep I keep a list of it just to make sure. Uh, let's see here. General. In terms of like uh, most challenging, uh, I'm still again I'm still new to this whole thing, but um or at least fresh to it. I'd say like um I think the most the two most challenging so far that I've had uh um in terms of anime I'd say Shinji to an extent just because like it was a difficult balance to like. Uh, without giving anything away of the character, it was hard to like find that, you know, find that balance, you know, to make sure the character was like, hey, you know, at a certain pitch and all that stuff, but make sure that it didn't sound um that I could still emote with the character, still act with it, you know, and then uh, with with game roles and stuff like that, uh, I think I think the most challenging was probably Wolf from ReZero: Prophecy of the Throne. Which was the ReZero game that came out on Switch and is like a visual novel stuff where you, where you play as Subaru and stuff like that, and I was the main villain in that game, and yeah, it was it was the first time I played a main villain in something, and uh, like it was very difficult just because uh, it, it it's just some aspect because there was the character would would uh, go up and down in different directions and just changed everything like it was like it was a mixture between. It was like uh, the way I pitched it. I made in, in, a, in a, I made a tweet about it. It's like I took uh, Keith Silverstein's Hisoka, like just his like oh go and and mixed it with him from Powerpuff Girls, and then you get that exact kind of character over and over again. And it yeah it it definitely uh <laughs> it definitely was hell on my throat at a certain point. I did use my diaphragm, but you know at a certain point when you're shouting as that character. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it, you know. And that you bring up a good point in that, um, in that uh, I love it. I love when I hear stories about um, actors coming up with characters, and they're like, I, I just took, you know, I just was inspired by this person or that person. I'm like, because mm. that, because I love com- com- uh, combinations like that. Where I remember I had someone who talked about doing a, ho- a Halloween audition. And, you know, it, it was, you know, he was doing promo for Halloween at the time. And he knew that all those, all those other guys were going to go in doing Dracula voices. And he's like, I'm not going to be doing Dracula voices. Or if they want a Dracula voice, you know, let's just take Dracula and mix him with, like, Christopher Walken and a mummy. And let's hmm. see what, what we can do with that. <laughs> and yeah. he came up with this crazy voice. And I'm like, huh, you know. It, it it's really interesting because I love it when your pe- people are able to think outside the box and create something that uh, the casting director wasn't expecting that to them to come up with. Yeah, it kind of sort of kind of reminds me of uh, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that that story that Rob Paulson told on his podcast, talking soon about Lorenzo Music and him reading like a. I think it was, like, a Six Flags copy or something like that. And then, like, Rob Paulson, like, it was about a vampire, like, getting to the story. It's like, hey, I, like, Rob Paulson read it like a vampire. Like, hey, I want to suck your blood. And then Lorenzo's like, hey, welcome to Six Flags. You want to, like, get the thing or whatever? And then they, when they switched roles for, like, the audition, I guess, uh, then, uh, then of course, Rob was the Rob was the uh, ticket taker. And then Lorenzo Music was the vampire. And then... Rob was like, "Hey, welcome to Six Flags. How can I help you?" And then Lorenzo's like, "So yes, y- yes, I want to, I want to suck your blood. You know, just uh, it's just that that typical bl- that voice he does. So that's it didn't even change anything because that's that's his thing. He's good at that. Like Lorenzo, like you know, he's Garfield for a reason because that voice just works. What What do you uh, do to prevent vocal strain? Uh, the most thing I try to do, I try to, like, keep in mind, like, what I eat or drink before a session. Like, I try not to, like, I try not to drink milk before a session. I try not to, like, I try to, like, and just in case, like, whatever I consume, I try to have, like, an apple, usually green or red, what, or red if I want flavor or something like that, just because red apples are delicious. But, uh, but green really helps, like, get rid of the, the spits and stuff, and stuff like that, the lip smacking. Uh, and, uh, typically, like, whenever, like, I do a job or, or a session like that, I try to make sure that, like, especially since I'm recording from home, I always send, like, a 30-minute a warning to my folks because, uh, you know, I still record from home. I have been recording from home since 
you know, toilet wings and stuff like that in this very cramped closet that you are hearing me recording right now. But the audience cannot see because this is an audio podcast. But yeah, it is very, very cramped in here. But I, but yeah, no, I, I, I sent out a message to the folks to let them know, hey, I'm doing a thing. Uh, please be quiet. And then, and then I do the thing, and then I let them know that I'm done once I'm done. So that's that's how that goes. And have you ever um, had a session where you were making too much noise and people were wondering, like, well, what is he doing in there? <laughs> I think there was a close call one time where, like. There are a few times where one was completely out of my control where it was, like, really windy out Oh, sorry. If you hear anything, that's my dog, like, Oliver playing around with his toy. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> like, there was a one session one time. I don't remember which one it was, but, like, they were asking me, like, what that loud noise was. And it was it was completely out of my control because it was a really windy day in my hometown. And it was just, like, super loud and, sh- and stuff. And, uh... Yeah, so there there was that, and then there was also another moment where, like, recording from like there was a few of them where someone was turning on the washer, and I'm like, guys, turn it off! I'm I'm doing a thing right now, and and, and then of course like the dogs downstairs like as soon as like a few members will come home like they'll start going crazy and start bark- barking like nobody's business, and it's like I it's, or like there's another point where like someone opened a garage door and it was just like. Uh, and I just didn't want to deal with any of it, and uh, thankfully it wasn't a big deal, and we were able to get by just fine, but oh god, when it happens, it can just blow a take, and it's just like, why is this happening right now? Hey, just be thankful you never got um, someone with a leaf blower coming in. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that that that's happened before. Not in session, but like during like audition days or whatever, but it's like... I, we thankfully like they come on more convenient times and I do like tend to set my recording schedule like either like around 11 in the morning or uh, some sometime like later in the afternoon depending on uh, how well they can work during that time but you know and um, out of all the I mean out of all the stuff that you've done does it ever come you know because you've worked on a lot of projects um, I mean even even what I've learned is from talking to people, even the people who are, who are still new to the to the business, have done you know a lot of stuff, and because it's not it's not just you know anime and cartoons, you know people also do promos, and I'm just wondering like, have you done promos as well, or no. are you still? Oh, okay. No, not yet. I want to, but I haven't yet. Because that's a hard. Uh, that's really hard to to break in. Like promo is just, oh my god. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I believe it. Because I remember talking to someone and she was like, I just, just now, after like three or four years of doing, you know, voiceover full time, just now I've booked my first commercial. And I'm like, cool, because <laughs> that's so hard to break into. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I, I, I like, I'm pretty decent at doing uh, uh, like, you know, all that stuff, but I won't go into too much detail about that. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's, I'm still figuring it out myself, like. I've at least like I feel like I'm much more confident when it comes to like auditioning for animation now. So that's I feel like I've got that in the bag, for the most part. There's always still room for improvement just to like get even better, but you know like commercial stuff is definitely like something I still struggle with, especially you know. And do you know? I mean, because you've done you've done this for a while now, but do you have a good idea of what your strengths and weaknesses are? Uh, I'd say my biggest strengths are uh, I'm. I'm pretty like I a, a common com, a, a common compliment I get is that I have very good instincts. Uh so that's that's something I tend to know like I have a very solid instinct on how to read something. Um I am I'm a very committed person in terms of like I make a choice and I just stick with it and just I don't I don't I try my best not to bail on it. Uh I'm not I'm not a singer yet. I want to take singing lessons at some point because uh, I, I feel like that's another repertory, another skill that I could learn. But for now, uh, you know, just just still learning how to do uh, drawing and streaming and trying to uh, make a comic book at that. But I, I'd say those – and also, uh, uh, does it have to just be I, – I, let me see here. What other – uh, hmm. I guess in terms of, like, other strengths, like, you know, I do try to, like – 
do my research as much as possible. Like, whenever I do an audition, I try to, like, uh, I record it, and then, like, much like when you're doing a drawing, I walk away from it for a certain extended period of time, depending on how how much it's due, and then I come back to it with a fresh pair of ears, and then uh, make the adjustments necessary if needed, and, uh, yeah. I think that I think those would be my strengths and weaknesses, if if that makes any sense. I mean, you mentioned drawing. I'm I'm kind of curious now. Uh, what what do you draw? Uh, I I typically draw right now. Like tip, most common thing I draw is like characters and stuff. Like uh, some some of it's like fan art. A few occasionally uh, I do like dabble in like original stuff. Uh, I've been trying to like. There's this idea for a comic that I want to do, but um, right now I'm trying to practice like digital drawing again, which, like, I do stream on, I do stream my drawings on occasion, and sometimes I do post my finished stuff on, on my socials, whether it be Twitter or Insta, and, uh, then, uh, I, I just, like, uh, like, I think the last digital drawing I did was Haruko from Fully Cooly, and, um, like, in her baseball outfit doing, like, a goofy pose and stuff, and, uh, I think, I feel like I've definitely, and, uh, last original drawing I did on my sketchbook was, like, some characters for uh, this uh, circus story that I want to do, but right now, like the, the, the but at some point, yeah, I want to get back into it and I want to do more. But yeah, I've been I do take my time doing stuff. The next drawing project I want to do, uh, I, I definitely want to. I won't say it here yet because I'm sure like I, I might like you know post about it sometime in the future. But it, it's definitely I, I definitely want to give it a go and see how that goes and stuff like that. If that like I'm I'm, I'm curious. It's it'll, it'll be a challenge. And I do like creative challenges that, like, push me to improve and stuff. So, yeah. And you also make uh, YouTube videos. Like, how long have you been doing that? Um, I've been doing that. I've been doing uh, nerdy Kirikai video essays for about, I want to say, like, a couple years. I want to say, like, I start. I think I started, like, I can't remember if it was either 2016 or 2017. Right, either one of those years. But, uh... It was around. It was probably around the same time when uh, Justice League Action came out, but, but uh, or maybe it was either 2017 or 2018. Because like, like I remember one of my because and uh, with that video in particular, like it was like a video channel where I did videos on you know documenting voice actor careers and also uh, you know explaining my uh, honest opinions on certain franchises and uh, nerdy media, and. Uh, I've slowed it down a bit just because one, like, there was a period of time where, uh, where my uh, desktop computer was uh, w- was just not was like not up to snuff, and I need- and I needed a new one, and then uh, I got a new PC, and then I had a had a whole whole journey with that where my first PC, like, okay, let me make something very clear for any listeners out there. I was a Ma- I've been a Mac user since I've been cognizant, and uh, PCs. Like, my experience buying a P- like, so many he- uh, for years, people have told me, like, complained, like, about, like, oh, Macs are just, oh, they're, like, they're so irritating, like, PCs are so much better. I'm gonna be honest with you, PCs are the most irritating thing I've ever had to deal with in my entire life, ever. And I- I'm lucky that I, that my second PC works now, because it took, like, two months to get whatever was, what was wrong with it fixed. And, uh, that was a whole nerding in a half shell, and, uh. But yeah, so that was taken care of and all that stuff. But as far as other stuff with the YouTube channel, like I've sort of slow, I I've been trying to like uh, get back into the swing of doing editing again. Um, do Do you ever find that um, you know, because you do all these other things, do you ever find you know, do, does it does it ever get? I don't want to say hard, but does it ever get overwhelming at some point? Because you know you're doing voiceover, you're doing you know uh, you know you're drawing, you're doing all these all these things. Like, does it ever come to a point where you you, you worry about you know burning yourself out? Uh, no, I mean sometimes, but like it's mainly I just see most of these things as hobbies. Like I'm sure like streaming, like at some point I'd want that to be like a I'd, I'd want to like become a affiliate at some point. Uh. But, like, you know, I still try to have fun with it and try to just do what I can just because I do work, like, a day job of my own where I earn money and stuff like that on the side just so I can keep doing the things that I enjoy, which is voice acting and all that stuff. But, yeah, because, like, again, like, I don't worry so much because, like, yeah, like, voice acting for me, auditions for me, like, that is the job. And I do see it as, like, like, if I get the audition, I'm grateful enough to get the audition just because sometimes those things just rarely ever come by. And whenever I do get an audition, I see it as an opportunity to perform. 
And if I book the job, that's like them asking for an encore. If I don't get it, I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's the end. Of, I guess that's the end of the show for now. So I usually don't. I don't let it bother me too much if I don't get it. But you know, I usually sometimes if it's like something I did audition, I do take. I do try to like. Sometimes I take notes. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. So this is what this actor did that was really good. But even then, but also, I don't try to do that too much just because it's not healthy to compare yourself to other people too much. So tr try not to do that. Uh, but like just like you know, compare like where. It's sort of like when you're looking at your drawing or whatever. Uh, don't like compare yourself to other artists because their progression is way better, different than yours. Instead, like look at you know an art an art piece that uh, that you've done like way back when, and then look at seeing how you've done now and see how much you've improved and learned as you continue to pick up on skills uh, through uh, honing your craft, whether it be through workshops or your own personal practice, doing cold reading practice, or just uh you know doing stuff like that so that's 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 what i said for that yeah that's another thing that one of my biggest misconceptions that i just can't stand that normal people that that most people have about voiceover is the fact that you know it's one that it's quote unquote easy which you know it's, it's not and no, two it's, not. it's that you know anybody can be a voice actor if you can just buy a decent enough mic yeah there's they're leaving out a lot of details with that yeah it's yeah, that's it's that's that's definitely like something that just definitely comes from somebody who um, like I I've said this constantly like uh, over and over to a few other people who also uh, I think I've done interviews with, but like the thing that I always emphasize is that like no not a single like constantly working actor that I've known gets into this industry because it's easy. And they are fully aware of what, how difficult it is, and uh, they do try their best to hone their craft and try to like improve, do what they can to like you know just just perform because they enjoy doing it. And uh, it's not just reading off a sheet of paper and calling it a day. It's like it's it it is acting. Like you are you are portraying a character, and you are putting in the layers of the character, and you bring out what that character is through your performance and stuff like that. That's that's what that is. Now, granted, uh, I will admit, like, sometimes I I've also seen things on the other end where, like, sometimes, like, and I get it, like, there are times where people will say, oh, dude, isn't, like, it's, dude, like, 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 we're, uh, per like, and I don't default actors for doing this, but I think it's a little pet peeve of mine when, um, when, uh, when people, like, they feel the need to say, like, yeah, but just, you know, it's really hard, like, when you're getting, I'm like, dude, I think they know that. I think they are completely aware that it's hard. Because, uh, again, like I said before, no working actor – that's the reason why they're coming to you for advice, you know? So, like, you, at least, like, maybe give them an idea – like, maybe a better way to say that would be, like, like, like my, my journey is not going to be the same as – won't be the same as yours. But, you know, just hone your craft and do what you can and, and give it your best effort. It's not – like, it's not going to go anywhere until, you know, you take action, be proactive, stuff like that, you know? No, uh, that's 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 you bring up a great point in that um, I don't remember the exact interview, so don't quote me on this. But um, you know, when uh, Roger, it was an interview with Roger Craig Smith, and and he said that whenever people ask him like, um, how do you get into into the business? You know, he he flat out says like, look, you're you're never gonna have my career, and you know, once he waits for people to you know stop being pissed off at him. He says, because everybody's journey is going to be different. So I can't tell you how to how to get into this because my journey was different. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember that. I listened to that talking scene. So, you know, oh, funny thing about that. Um, so, you know, Roger Craig Smith being the voice of Sonic currently, uh, there is a <laughs> there's a video on my Twitter that still gets retweets uh, on occasion to this day. It was uh, during Christmas or whatever. And uh, he and a bunch of other voice actors like Maurice LaMarche, uh, Kari Walgren, uh, um, and a few other people came over to, like, it was for, like, Combat Radio or something like that. It was, like, a charity event. And he was there. I I had, like, an IDW uh, Sonic comic in my in my bag or whatever. And uh, I had him, like, read, like, one of the excerpts from it. And uh, I filmed it. And, like, it's just it just, it just brought the whole thing to life. And it was just so great. But yeah, I, I I just I just had to bring that up just because like when you said that I'm like oh yeah Roger he's he was cool. Oh no, I remember when uh, 
you know, during, uh, you know, 2020, the hell year that was 2020, you know, when I got mm. him on the show, you know, you go back to listen, listen to that episode. I got really emotional during recording because it's like, you know, one, I got, once I got that confirmation that, oh yeah, Roger's going to do it, you know, from his, um, representative on, in my email address, like I was mm. crying because it's like, oh my God, what am I, you know, imposter syndrome starts to kick in. It's like, right, oh right. my God, what am I doing? How did I get Roger Craig Smith on this show? <laughs> But no, he's he's like one of my favorite human beings. Really sweet guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, but but I mean that. But my point is, is that I don't like asking. I, I don't like. Uh, you know, that's that's why I don't uh, ask people. Like, I pretty much like stopped asking people. Like, uh, what what advice would you give to to people who want to get into the business? Because I know that everybody's going to have a different experience and. Like, because there yeah. is no, like, there is no magical, you know, item that you can use to get into this business. Let's like, because every, yeah, everybody, no. everybody I've talked to has a different story. Like, it's yeah. like, I, I, I just recorded an episode like yesterday with someone who had done no voiceover work whatsoever. And she came in like on a, on a big show with all these other voice actors and, you know, imposter syndrome was kicking in and. And she had like no idea what she was doing. It's like you know, how do I stand? You know, <laughs> like what is my posture and and what have you? And yeah. and and she was worried about like almost losing the role. But um, her agent said, "Look, uh, they really want you for this." And, and she was like, "Okay." And you know, she just talked. You know, she just talked to them and it's like, "Please help me out. Understand who this character is and what you want from me." And and you know, let's, you know, work together and, you know, uh, work, work it out. And, and she knocked it out of the park because, nice. um, there's nothing wrong with admitting you don't know what you're, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, with being vulnerable is, is what I'm trying right. to say. It's, it's, it's totally fine to go up to, to the director and say like, look, I don't, you know, I'm having trouble with this. Can you, you know, help me out? Because it's at the end of the day, it is a collaboration. Mm. It is, is a, it is a collaborative effort. It is not just someone walking in and just like, you know, reading lines. It's yeah. a collaboration, you know, uh, it's you and the director and, you know, I don't care how long it takes, you know, if you're really passionate about this, you know, uh, go for it. You know, uh, yeah. don't, don't be afraid to, 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 to be vulnerable and, and, and tell like the director or whoever, like, Hey, I don't think that this is working. Should I, you know, do, do this or that, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a D it's like, like a D and D campaign. Like it's a group effort. Yeah. And, and, but, and, but, you know, my point is, is that, Every person you talk to has a different journey and no one has the, like, there is no way to get into this. Like, there is no, like, one answer to, to like, okay, how do you get into voiceover? You do this. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's totally different. And, like, the business has changed because, like, everything's done from from home now because of, you know, the, the stupid thing that we're still in that never, never seems to go away. But, <laughs> but, uh and and that and that changed uh things like now it's like you have to have a, a studio quality microphone to 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 work from home whereas before you could just walk into a studio but now it's like everything you know everything uh, has a fast turnaround time they're like you know can you record from home and if so you know you need like you know uh top quality equipment yeah they though they have like made it a bit more reason i think that some studios have been a bit more reasonable just because, like, you know, like, like the amount of budgets and stuff. Like, when it was early in the pandemic, it's like they were asking, like, to have it broadcast quality. I'm like, and a lot of uh, sound people were saying, uh, yeah, uh, that's very unreasonable because that's, like, heavily out of their budget, especially, like, just not, not possible with what they're doing here. So, uh, but thankfully, like, you know, people put out some stuff like, hey, uh, here's, here are some recommendations we have, like, preamps you could use and stuff that you could do to approve your acoustics and stuff like that like originally i had a originally it was just a mattress foam and a and a lamp now it's a mattress foam a lamp uh and some like 
and some uh, moving blankets. But also, like, the clothes were, are, have always been here. But also, now I use, uh, instead of a Scarlet, I use an SSL2. And I use, uh, instead of an AT2020, I now use a uh, Studio Project C1. I still use my AT2020 for my streaming and stuff. Same with my Scarlet. But at some point, I want to upgrade that Scarlet to something else. Just because it, you know, it's it's not great. It's 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 fine to start with if you're just starting out with XLR, but if you if you're gonna save up money for a preamp, just get the SSL too. Yeah, I, I kind of need to upgrade as well because it's you know it's starting to show its age. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine for podcasting, but um, you know, long term, it's like yeah, I kind of need to start upgrading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I've gone through various mics over the course of this. Um, over the course of this podcast, so mm. so and it's kind of weird, like li- listening back to some to some episodes. I'm like, why does this sound awful? Oh yeah, because I was using this mic, <laughs> which wasn't yeah. very good. Ugh, I remember upgrading from like AT2020 to like uh, the AT, uh, what was it, the AT2030 or something? I don't remember mm. what it was called. It was just basically like an AT2020 but bigger, which I th- which I think is. You know, AT, an AT2020 is fine for, you know, if you're doing streaming or if you just want something done quick. But I think the AT2030 or, or something has a much better sounding quality, at least from my personal experience. Mm. But, uh, yeah, and then I, I got like a pod. What was it? The road pod pod uh, pod. Well, whatever. What, I don't remember the that stupid thing that the people use for streaming. Rode Podmic. I don't remember what it was called. Mm-hmm. Used used that for a couple episodes, and then before I before I said, you know, uh, I found like a a, a cheap Shure uh, Shure SM SF SM seven B, and I'm like, okay, just grab that <laughs> quick for it right. to, before it sells out. Anyway, <laughs> isn't this fun talking about audio equipment? Do you ever worry about this becoming way too way too expensive at some point? Uh, sometimes I do. Uh, mainly just because like, because you know you do pay for like uh, there is a thing I pay for uh thirty five a month which is you know Source Connect and uh you know that's that's been the thing that we've been using like on occasion but like it's gotten a bit more affordable but also like you know there's you know there's like certain uh, other things to consider but you know that's what saving money is for and you try to do what you can to. And just like, and I'm, I always figured like, whenever I get overwhelmed with like money stuff, like especially since it's tax season right now, um, I do, uh, I do remember that like the thing is at least like you know it's like things will turn out okay, like like even if like you take even if your wallet like takes a dent, uh, like you know you could bounce back and make that money back again. Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess it depends on the the. the like how much like how passionate you are about and about wanting to get into this and like how serious you are about wanting to get into this because it is it is not cheap it is oof <laughs> well yeah well yeah like i'm sure like they they make that plan out like just as long as you have like the bare essentials to get started you know just stuff that like just make sure you have the proper acoustics make sure you uh you know you you're all good to go and then uh you know Take take uh, workshops from home if you need to, and just just you know just uh, yeah yeah just be aware of what you're jumping into and stuff like that. I guess uh, you know when you before you start spending money on uh, classes like make because because when you do it, it's like okay, this is showing like yes, you're serious about this. Also, I want to point out that if you cannot afford classes because a lot of classes are expensive, seek out free free stuff. Seek out like podcast episodes, you know, old podcast episodes or, or, um, you know, go, you know, ask around to see if like anybody's offering like, um, free classes. Cause I know some, some people do, you know, just, just try to find an alternative if you cannot afford classes. Cause uh, also that's... be sure to do, you should also be sure to do like a background, te- background check on whoever's teaching just to make sure, just because like. Most people like like think most people are pretty good when it comes to like some of the classes that they teach and are pretty uh you know trustworthy. But there have been cases I won't name names because it's not necessary to be honest. But there are some cases where some people will like just 
char- overcharge for a class that is just not helpful at all. And uh, yeah, just just please like do your do your background. Just do some background checks. Ask some people around. Ask some people around and see like, hey, was this is this person good? And if they say yeah, good, go for it. But if you start getting words like, oh, uh, I wouldn't do that guy, then uh, yeah, just just be careful with that. Now, I've had someone who took a class that turned out to be just like a glorified webinar, and it's like, oof. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Well, yeah, it sucks when you waste money on stuff like that. <laughs> Cause, uh, you, and you got to be careful because, like, nowadays, because of, you know, this thing that we're currently in, uh, you're starting to see a lot, a lot of scammers come in and, and say, like, Hey, we, you know, you, you are into voiceover. We offer these classes and blah, 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 and all these fake testimonials and, mm. and people fall for it, unfortunately, because they don't know any better. And, um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um, cause I'm, I'm looking at the time and I, I gotta, uh, I gotta get going, but um, b- before we we wrap things up, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on, and um, where can people find you online? As of uh, you know, just as of right now, uh, there's some stuff that can't talk about, uh, like you know, NDA stuff, obviously. But the last thing I ever voiced, the last anime thing I voiced in. Uh, that is up on Funimation now is Talentless Nana. I play a character named Shinji, and uh, you can watch all the episodes there. It's uh, it's a pretty solid show. It's got a got got a solid cast, uh, uh, and it's got a really nice uh, hook to it. Won't say anything more than that. Um, in terms of like, oh yeah, and also like the other most recent thing was uh, Laxton and Pokemon Journeys, which you can find on Netflix. Oh, specifically, po- Pokemon Master Journey. It's just that it's English. That's that's the other one. But also, uh, where you can find me, uh, you can follow me at Kirikai Dubs on Twitter. You can also follow me at Kirikai Dubs on Instagram. I post uh, on occasion there sometimes, not as often as I do on Twitter. But I, and I also stream on uh, Kai Jordan underscore Kirikai, uh, where uh, where I stream video games. I draw. And, uh, yeah, the most recent, I also, like, I do post up my VODs on YouTube and occasion. I'm planning to, like, post up some highlights at some point just because I actually, as of recording this, I finished my first, uh, I did, I finished up my first, uh, game, just, just finished up the first game for the stream, Strombad's Cool Game for Attractive People, which is a super fun point and click, and you can check that out as long as the the VODs are up on YouTube. If you want to watch them, just search up, like, Kai Jordan Strombad or something like that, and you you'll find it up there, and uh, yeah, so that that that's where you can find me, and that's that's where you can check out my stuff. All right, awesome. Th- th- thanks for taking the time up to do this, and if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Mm-hmm. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.